0: Welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, my name's Ray Heron, great to have you along, if this is the first of our podcasts you've listened to, please do go back and listen to the entire back catalogue, all of them absolutely free and chock full of Kiwi motorcycling goodness. We have a jam-packed one for you this week, and I know that I say that every week, but we have so much to get through, I couldn't do this single-handedly, so joining me this episode it is Matthew Day-Gillett, G'day Matt! Hey it's been a while. It has. (laughs) You have been getting around. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to Eichma, all of that coming up in the show. But before we do, I've got news and I think I can get away with talking about it on a motorcycling podcast, even though it's not technically motorcycling related. Um, My tow car is gone.
1: I sold it. Yeah. So what are you going to do for a tow car now? I don't know. I don't know. Well, Ride your adventure bike to places rather than trailer it there. Yeah, well, not that I trailer
0: it all that often. I mean, I know I trailer it up to um, to to Burnbuster. I uh, had good reason for that, but yeah, my my tow car was a. 2006 three litre six cylinder Subaru Legacy, which is an absolutely brilliant tow car, um, and that's kind of how I'm shoehorning it into this show because we. Yeah, know. why did you sell it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I, I want something comfortable. I want something Ute-ish, I think, or large SUV-ish. Um, and, oh. you know, suddenly had the means to, to to do it if I sold it. The wife agreed. So maybe a Hilux in my future. Probably not a really? Ranger because I don't want to be tarred with that brush.
1: No, r- r- Rangers don't come with indicator stalks as far as I'm aware.
0: Oh, they come from the same factory as BMWs.
1: Yeah. They don't <laughs> have indicator stalks, it seems. So. But um, that's about
0: yeah. the extent of the exciting news that's happening in my world at the moment. You, sir, have made me, you seem to go on trips and make me jealous on the monthly, but you've been on <laughs> an
1: absolute bucket list adventure. Yeah, it's not going to get topped, I don't think. Um, so yeah, uh, if you hadn't heard, I've been to India and the Himalayas with Royal Enfield for the launch of the new Himalayan. Um, And I was talking to Mark Wells, who's the chief designer of the new Himalayan 450 earlier today through Instagram. And I was just telling him, like, look, mate, like, well done to you and the crew, because nobody's going to be able to top that launch. It was epic. Um, It really was quite something else. Um so yeah what do you want to know oh um, firstly yeah. I, I, you, you went to India you rode the Himalayan
0: in the Himalayas I know that CTXP over on Revzilla have recently done a, a thing through the Himalayas on some Triumphs did you do the
1: same road or what's the story similar road well I did up until the Atal tunnel which is the really long tunnel they went through and we like talking I went through that same tunnel I think four four times yeah it's a nine kilometre long tunnel above 10,000 feet that goes underneath the Rotang Pass. Um, and I can tell you, nine kilometres is way too long to be underground.
0: Nine kilometres is like Upper Hutt to uh, Horakiwi BP, if you know Wellington. That is like literally Upper Hutt
1: to Petone, halfway to Wellington. Yeah, it's... Friggin' ages and yeah we did it four times um, going out so the launch was based in the town of manali um and so we'd ride up under the Rotang pass through the Yatel tunnel and we went and did our riding and photos all up there um and honestly it was an absolutely cracking place to be um india as you can imagine all the sort of lowlands and the big cities are quite smoggy there's a bit of pollution up there crystal clear um really is something else (laughs) i'm gonna keep saying that because it was yeah as you say a literal bucket list ride bucket list trip the launch itself was really interesting so they took us to this normally when you go to a motorcycle launch they cram you into sort of like a presentation room with a powerpoint and you sit there with your little notepad and you write things as sort of someone lists off a boring spec sheet. Um, Royal Enfield didn't do that. So instead of being crammed into a little conference centre, they had us out under the stars in the lower Himalayas um, in what they called a launch pad. Um, They had a great big screen, full sound system. We had the um, CEO of Royal Enfield come and talk to us, which you don't normally get access to a CEO. Then we had the guy who is CEO and managing director of Royal Enfield's parent company, Siddhartha Lal, and his, he um, spoke to us at length, and then turns out the next day we were sort of farting around, having a yarn during lunch, and I was talking to this dude. Um, Five minutes later, after I finished talking to him, someone comes up and goes, oh, so what did you talk to Sid for? And I was like, oh, that's the guy that owns Royal Enfield. Um, And he was just casually on the launch with us, riding with us, just having a yarn, asking us where we're from and all that. Um, It really does sort of show that um all the best stuff filters down from the top um it was in royal enfield's case at least so they've got one of the best communities in the country for riders uh you've got a great riding community they're really active really passionate about the brand and you get the sense that the guys at the top are exactly the same which is really cool um, but yeah it was yeah mind, mind-blowing experience it took a while to get there but once we were the bike was cracking fun the location was just next level um, and everything was so well put together. So we came away with it. Um, I think most of us that have been there going, yeah, no one's going to top this (laughs) as a launch experience. yeah, it's all downhill from here, really, for our
0: careers. So tell us about the bike, the Royal Enfield Himalayan 450. Up till now, my impression of Royal Enfield, and I've never really ridden one, has been these old bikes that probably haven't changed since the 1900s. But this one this one really does buck the trend and looks quite sophisticated, quite up with the play.
1: Yeah, so um, Royal Enfield's changed a heck of a lot in the last sort of eight, eight or nine years. Uh, So they brought out their 650 twins, um, air and oil cooled. Uh, All their latest 350 models are air and oil cooled, like the little Hunter 350 I rode earlier in the year. Uh, The Himalayan 450 just completely flips the script. So instead of air and oil cooling with a really long stroke engine that goes little chug, 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 and will just track drop anything, uh, dual overhead cams, aluminium cylinder bore, water cooling, six-speed gearbox, I think it was a 13 to one compression ratio actually I got the tech specs right here Um, yeah massive massive changes Um, and yeah essentially the way I understand it is the original Himalayan was designed to be an India market bike only they weren't planning to ship them around the world it wasn't meant to be a global market bike but once they sort of unveiled them and sort of everyone started looking in and going oh yeah I want a bit of that um, They were sort of like, oh, crap. So <laughs> they ended up making uh, a few adjustments. So if you remember correctly, the original 411 Himalayan was carbureted, didn't have ABS. Within the first sort of 18 months, they'd added those. Now the new bike is 452 cc's, uh, puts out 40 horsepower instead of 24, uh, 65% increase in power, 25% increase in torque to 40 newton meters, and it is a thoroughly well put together. The bike. Um, there's currently a betting pool. We've got a group chat from all the Aussies and Kiwis that went over to the launch on what the price point's going to be. And apparently, there's some goodies from Urban Motor Imports for anyone that actually gets it right. Um, they're the importer for Australia and New Zealand. So um, I put in a pricing guess of 9990 uh, as for the base bike uh, in New Zealand. And then 10 490 so we'll find out if um, i'm on the money when they announce the pricing very soon um but yeah cracking bike massive massive development from the first one so um but obviously from the start this time around go all right we're going to make a global market bike so let's do this properly so you've got that brand new 450 cc sherpa engine uh puts out good comparable power to uh, say the ktm 390 Um, which seems to be the bike that they were kind of benchmarking this against. Uh, You've got some decent shower separate function forks at the front, which have really good feel. Um, You've got a monoshock at the rear. Um, But the best part for me, um, strangely, was the toolkit. So you pop the rear seat off and it's like, what's in your toolkit for your T7? Uh Stuff all right, yeah. Not much, a couple of screwdrivers, maybe an Allen
0: key, and I think a socket.
1: So, for the m 450, you've got a C spanner to adjust your preload on the rear shock, um, you've got spanners for your axles, uh, spanners for like adjusting your mirrors and everything, Allen keys, fuses, uh, you got the whole shebang, really. Um, it is, and you've got an extension tool as well for all your spanners and whatnot so it's a really well thought out toolkit that you used to sort of see on bikes like the kt like this older ktms like 690s when they came out originally they'd come with a pretty comprehensive toolkit and royal infield's actually done that for the himalayan 450 and my understanding is they've done that because during development so the guys in the uk um, development center sort of interviewed all sorts of people like current owners Apparently, Itchy Boots from YouTube was one of the people they interviewed. Uh, pop, they've got had guys that have ridden the original Himalayan to the South Pole, talked to those guys, and they just went through and go, all right, what would you like in the next generation Himalayan? And essentially, the guys at the top of the company go, blank slate, as long as it looks like a Himalayan, go nuts. Um, and essentially, that's what they've done. Uh, oh, you've also got a TFT dash on the new Himalayan rather than the really clunky old dash integrated google maps uh took them 12 goes to get the dash right and so you'll be riding along and you can literally just glance down and the info you want is right there it's not one of those stupid cramped tfts that have all the tiny writing and you sort of have to stare at it and navigate through like seven different menus to find what you're looking for Uh, everything's just there on this four inch circular tft which is really nice
0: This bike must have really left an impression on you because I see on Facebook today um, there is a certain
1: CRF250 rally for sale. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to sort of ruin my chances of actually selling the thing, but... um yeah, sort of with bikes like this coming I don't, No,
0: no, 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 no. I, don't think, I don't think by selling, I don't think by publicizing the fact that you're selling your pride and joy, I don't think it would hurt it because people know how it's been treated. It's been ridden the way it was meant to be ridden. It's been looked after. It's been serviced every time. And as I said on Facebook today, one careful
1: lady owner and driven to the church on a Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, if the church is a muddy hill somewhere. Um, (laughs) Yeah, honestly, there's some really, really cool bikes coming out in the next year. And um, honestly, Rosie the Rally has just been sitting for most of the last 12 months unused. So I figured, well, I may as well move it on, put the money aside and uh, save up for something cool to replace it with. And there is so much cool coming. We're going to dive
0: into the list from Icomer very shortly, but... We've just talked about the Royal Enfield Himalayan 450. We've got some singles from Tri- uh, Triumph, which were announced last week. Are we allowed to talk about those yet?
1: Yeah, there's Triumph 400s Yeah, They're uh, coming in January, I believe. Uh, priced from, I think, $8,000 and $9,000. Uh, so you got the Speed 400, which is single-cylinder version of sort of like the Speed Twin, um, but drastically more affordable. Um, And then you've got the Scrambler 400X, which is going to be about just shy of $9,000 when it arrives early next year. And yeah, pretty cool looking little bikes. Mm. So Triumph's got those coming. You've got the new Himalayan 450. By the way, is there anything you'd like me to cover on the Himalayan 450? Because literally, I've been spent the last week Editing videos and everything, I'm reasonably. You've
0: got a lot of content coming out. I think the easiest thing would be to tell the listeners to go to YouTube, search out On Throttle NZ, and look at the videos because you, you, you words do not do the scenery that you are amongst justice. And you think I was so well, glad I had that Insta 360 camera first trip because I was going to yeah. touch on your new cameras very shortly, but. Um, Words also do not do the looks of that new Himalayan justice. You think Royal Enfield, you think old and boring and, and mm. gun rack on it. And, you know, it is, you know what it is. But no, no, no. you got to go and check out um, Matt's footage and videos at YouTube. Search out onthrottle.co.nz. What
1: is it? Onthrottle.nz. Just youtube.com slash onthrottle. I somehow managed to get just on throttle which is handy do it Um, i i i I almost i need to ride that bike i'm
0: tossing up myself between that the triumph 400s and there's another bike on this list that i'm thinking about but it's it's gone from my mind so obviously it doesn't matter enough to me um (laughs) you you spent a bit of money on some cameras before you went away to uh to
1: india yes i had the aforementioned um insta 360 x3 which i literally had not used well i'd used it once i used it on one hard day um got it all muddy and scratched my lens protectors um but yeah chuck that in the bank also took a sony zv e10 um desperately need to buy some new lenses for that one but um yeah it was awesome to have some decent quality camera gear um to just capture it because far out it was just that scenery was just next level if you get the chance book yourself a trip Go ride the Himalayas on a Royal Enfield Himalayan or any bike for that matter. Um, You're not doing stupid high speeds. The roads are interesting, to say the least. Uh, Very narrow, very twisty. Almost every hairpin corner has been taken out by a landslide and it's just dirt. Um, And yeah, it's honestly an absolutely mind-boggling place. And we were riding above 10,000 feet. Most of the time we're up there. Um, bikes tend to lose a bit of power apparently the himalayan lost 30 of its 40 horsepower while we were riding up there um which sort of the infield guys were like well we could launch the bike called the himalayan in the himalayas uh and have the negative valve it's not going to have its full sea level horsepower or we could ride it somewhere else and just miss out on that opportunity so they went for the obvious answer uh, and i'm glad they did Sony ZV E10.
0: Um, so I had the ZV E1 when we went and went away on our uh, motor marini. Uh, Matariki Mission uh, that was a fantastic little camera full frame sensor and just a nice little compact form factor um, to fit in a tank bag ZV-E10 that you're rocking is a slightly smaller sensor but doesn't lack any of the functionality so that's a really really good camera for those kind of people who want to take really nice video and photos but
1: also have small form factor on a motorcycle is that what you yeah. found? Yeah I Picked it, I was shooting out between that and a um, another Sony crop sensor camera, and I went for the zv 10 in the end just because it's got simpler controls, like it's pretty idiot-proof, um, which when you're out riding on a bike and you want to get some nice quick photos or you want to do a vlog and you don't want to deal with like the crappiness that you get with an action camera that flattens everything out, um, it was just nice and simple. Um, so that was the main reason I opted for that camera. I use the kit lens, which leaves a bit to be desired, but uh, if I spend literally my money all over again, I can get a really nice lens for it. So we'll see, we'll see where we go. There. <laughs> Call me um, at work, protel.co.nz. That's my
0: plug. Um, okay, <laughs> uh, Eikma, Tell me about Eikma. For those who may not have listened to our Eikma wrap-ups in previous years, what is the story with Eikma?
1: So Eikma is a, basically it's a giant motorcycle yeah. trade store It's held every year in Milan, apart from, I think, COVID years, they may have stopped it once. Um, Essentially, it's the last big bike show of the year, and most manufacturers save revealing new bikes for the next model year for EICMA. So some of the best stuff essentially comes out at this time of the year, which is really cool because you can always mark your calendars and know it's going to be a busy month. Um, And yeah, there was some pretty cool stuff coming out this year, some really disappointing stuff too, but... Yeah, there was some, some cool stuff, like the Moto Marini's. Let's start with those. Like, Moto Marini lo- 1250. 1200? 1200, 1200? 1200. 1200. You've also got the 750, both V-Twins. First brand new V-Twin engine I've seen in God knows how long. Um, well, I don't know if it's brand new, brand new, but it's recently developed, redeveloped, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, some really great-looking bikes. So you and I have been riding the... Um, 650s for most of this year. We've somehow wrangled very long-term loans of the same EZO and the X-Cape. Long-term loans that they just don't want to cancel. They're like, keep writing it. Yeah, go yeah, on. Keep doing content. I, I'm not complaining. I've ridden, spent the last two days commuting into Hamilton on the X-Cape. It's been great. Um, but, yes, I got, what, a 1,200 X-Cape coming, which is sort of big adventure tourer. Um, not really super off-road like it's just like the current x cape it's sort of a nice road biased adventure tourer uh you've got a naked uh called the, what was it called again it's it's um, not actually
0: on my list and I'm, I'm now going i'm kicking myself because it should have been i should have remembered
1: um but we do have a list to get through yeah let's let's yeah looking at the What's the, I've got the press kit here. There we go, Corsaro 750 and Corsaro 750 Sport. Um, so the Sport is a fully-fed 750cc sport bike. Slot in quite nicely with, say, the Yamaha R7, that kind of thing. Um, Corsaro is a naked, um, which I think looks quite cool as well. Um, some really cool details on these bikes as well. Adjustable suspension, as you get with Motor Marini um some cool exhaust outlets so they got an exhaust outlet on either side of the swing arm sort of kind of old school but nobody does that anymore like it's there's some really cool stuff coming up from the moto marini factory and i think this is sort of what they've been building up to they sort of launched the 650s um with hardware of, and engines that were available at the time yeah um we've also got a um, cruiser coming called the calibro um which looks a bit like a well, it's based again on the same six fifty parallel twin platform, so it's kind of got a bit of a Vulcan six fifty S vibe to it, but it looks kinda of cool. Um yeah, so they sort of they wet the appetite with these entry level bikes, uh, and now they sort of have the um, mojo really to bring out the big guns and it's looking pretty favorable. We will
0: um, dive into that bike more when uh, we actually see one. But let's get through the big list of the headline manufacturers and bikes from Ikema A few of these we will dive into a little bit deeper as we make through the podcast. But here we go. Quick fire. Ducati Panigale V4 SP2. Honda CB1000 Hornet. Honda CB500 Hornet and CB500R, Honda CB600, CBR600RR, Honda CBR650R, CB650F, Honda NX500.
1: Now, NX500 used to be the CB500X, they've changed the name and a few things but yep carry on kawasaki ninja 500 and z500 cove
0: 450 rr pro ktm 990 duke moto guzzi stelvio moto guzzi v85 range MV augusta lxp royal infield himalayan 450 Suzuki GSX-8R, Suzuki GSX-S1000GX, that's a stupid name, Yamaha <laughs> MT-09 and MT-09SP, the Zero DSR, and the list goes on. Those are just the big ones that I've found on an easy list online.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's some cool ones in there. Um, did you mention the, the MV Augusta LXP Orioli?
0: Yes, I did mention that. Let's put a yeah. pin in that one because I want to come back to it. But what yeah. else on this list uh, has spiked your interest? I know the two Suzuki's are interesting.
1: Yeah, so the, um, particularly the GSX-8R. So personally, the GSX-8S has never really lit a fire into me. That's styling's just a little bit... I don't know, it's not really done it for me, but the 8R, full fearing sports bike, kind of sport Um, I really like the idea of that bike. It seemed, it looks visually balanced. It looks great. Um, and from what I've heard from talking with Ben about the 8S, um, the engine's fantastic. The chassis is great. Um, the 8R gets uh, show a suspension instead of the KYBs that the S gets, so better suspension. Uh, All in all, that bike looks like it's going to be awesome. And being a 776cc engine, um, in theory, it's got a bit more oomph and a bit more going for it than the Yamaha R7 does.
0: This is the new engine that Suzuki kind of sprung on us probably, what, eight
1: months ago or something, right? Yeah, last year, basically, when they announced the DL800DE. Um, And, yeah, as every good manufacturer does these days, um, you basically make a platform out of anything you can. And so you got the two 800 V-Stroms. You've got now two sort of road bikes, the 8S and the 8R. Um, Who knows what else they'll put this engine in. But, um, yeah, I've not ridden it. Um, Suzuki Motorcycles New Zealand have not had any press bikes that have been available to me when I've asked over the last 18 months. So it'll be really interesting to have a go on one of these bikes and um, see what they're all about because from the outside, they look really cool, at least that. parallel twins are the yeah the what is it the gsx s1000gx um bit more of an old man bike um sort of that crossover sports tourer kind of thing sort of think the likes of Versys thousand uh triumph tiger 1050 sports um bmw s1000xr that kind of vein um kind of upright sporty tourer things they no. need to come up with a
0: better naming strategy though. I mean GSX, I get I get it, it comes from that family. S one thousand, okay, stop there. GX. Come on, yeah, too many too GX many bloody letters, for.
1: guys. Yeah, I haven't I've got the press releases actually on my list of things to try and read tonight before I send the news off to Ben tomorrow. Um but yeah, GX, what does GX mean? Great x well g-
0: gx and in, in the days of the toyota corolla it's, meant it was you know a basic model
1: yeah it looks like it's got all the nice tech in it. it looks like it's basically based off the g s gsx s thousand gt sort of but uh, more upright um uh, so same engine and stuff but yeah it'd be really interesting to see how that goes um From what I understand, I have talked to Suzuki Motorcycles New Zealand. Uh, They're expecting those two new bikes uh, early next year before the end of the first quarter, so February and March. um, I believe February is when the GX arrives and the 8R arrives in March um, with pricing to be uh, confirmed, which, um, yeah, if they price them right... um, Should turn Suzuki's fortunes around.
0: And I see we've got another pirate bike from Honda, the CBR six
1: hundred (laughs) R. All of the Rs. Um, Yeah, Honda's dumped a whole lot of stuff. Um, You got what the six hundred dollar six hundred and fifty R,
0: CB six hundred and fifty F, and NX five hundred are all on this list. Plus the Hornets, the one thousand, the five hundred, and the five hundred R.
1: We won't get. Um, yeah, so I've so far spent most of my time looking at the 500s because they're the bikes that are probably going to sell the most in New Zealand. Um, so the CB500 is now CB500 Hornets, styling is more aligned with the new, um, what is it, 750 Hornet? Uh, they've also got the thousand Hornet they brought back. Um, so they've got a whole ha- family of Hornets now, sort of from your lambs up to your mental naked sports bike. Um, The NX500 I thought was interesting. So they've taken the CB500X, they've taken all the plastic bodywork off it, chucked it in the bin, Um, they've given it some new wheels that are a kilo and a half lighter, still cast alloys, Um, brand new bodywork, TFT screen, and they're calling it the NX500, which sort of harks back to, I think, the 80s and the NX650 Dominator. Um, So sort of more aggressive, kind of cool styling, um, personally, it's separating the CB500 further from the TransAlp because, honestly, everyone, as soon as the TransAlp came out, everyone's like, oh, it's just a big CB500. So I think Honda's gone, hmm, can't have that, can we? So <laughs> they've made this NX500, and I think it actually looks really cool. I like the styling. Um, wish it came with cast with spoked wheels, um, but it looks like it's um, set to sort of, yeah, make that CB500 X platform a bit more visually interesting um, rather than the same old, same old.
0: You know, there's a bike on this list, and I we put a pin in it before. Looking at the photos <laughs> of it, it, looks very visually interesting, visually interesting. But when you start digging into it, it just doesn't make sense. MV Augustus, P, and I don't even know how to say the. Is it Orioli? Orioli? I that's how I understand it. The Arioli. It's the bit around the nipple. Aureoli. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just as useful as that bit of a nipple toe, isn't it? Um, so you
0: look at this; it looks like um, there's, there's there's shadows of. Um ducati X in here it's got headlights twin headlights similar to the likes of the uh, africa twin, twin. Yep. Uh, it's got a seat that's very africa twin it's got grab handles it's very suzuki it's got a big fat muffler on there that's going to get bent up if you drop it on the right hand side that's t7 territory right there um but this is the engine <laughs>
1: that's i don't mind that but there's issues with this bike right it's limited edition oh. Yeah, so looking at their website overseas, it does look like they will probably bring out like further models of this bike once they've um, sold all 500 of the current model that they're making. But yeah, it's I'm calling it an utterly pointless adventure bike because who in their right mind would firstly take a limited edition bike of which there are only 500 made adventure riding, like, no one in their right mind, especially when rumours are that it's going to cost thirty thousand euro, which is about fifty five thousand dollars. You can buy a <laughs> fully kitted out, brand new R thirteen hundred GS for less than that. Um, it's heavy. It's two hundred and t- um, what was it? Two hundred and twenty four kilos dry. So that's without oil, without fuel. It's got a Which, 20 to put duch- it in
0: perspective: is how much my T7 weighs fully laden with forty liter duffel and two
1: um, two bloody crash bar bags and a tank bag. Yeah, I did the math. It's basically at minimum two hundred and forty kilos wet, but that's just using um, fully a full load of twenty liters of fuel, not however much oils in it. Um, and I don't know if the dry weight includes or doesn't include the battery either. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's heavy. Um, it seems like it's got a really high strung engine. So it's a 931 cc uh, triple cylinder engine, puts out 124 horsepower. Uh, I think it's got 13 and a half to one compression ratio. So it is like really <laughs> tight. And yeah, it's oh, it's it's a weird bike. Like I get that it's a limited edition and that it's sort of inspired by Eddie Orioli or, or whatever his name is. Ariola, Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Question on this bike. I mean, it looks visually cool. There are issues with it and yeah, you 500 ever made the parts are going to be hard to find. Um, it's got longer travel suspension than we expected, doesn't it?
1: Yes, yeah, so it's got um, 210 mil travel, which is decent.
0: Which um, with the weight of the bike, you will need that to not blast through the center of the
1: earth. Yeah, um, and the for- the suspension's not built by like what I would call a premium manufacturer. Like it's not KYB, Showa, or Öhlins, and they're like pitching this as uh, what's their tagline for it? <laughs> Something ridiculous like luxury off-roader. That's um, <laughs> yeah, utterly. It's gonna
0: be a. It's gonna be a. A. a, um, They're calling it a luxury explorer, but it's gonna be more of a. Yeah, there you go. It's gonna be more of a luxury soft roader, really. It's gonna be a garage queen. My question on it, though, if they're only making five (laughs) hundred, is there a chance that they're actually building an all-out attack bike to go and do some competition somewhere, and they've got to make five hundred of them to be um, to be homologated?
1: No. That's MV doesn't operate that way, they don't have any real basically to me. MV make garage trophies, they don't make motorcycles. Uh, if you've got too much money, and you don't know what to do with it, buy an MV. You have something nice to look at that looks vaguely like a motorcycle.
0: Well, maybe that's what <laughs> I need to go and blow my uh, my monies on after selling my car,
1: yeah. Yeah, go buy an MV Augusta. It'll look great (laughs) in your garage. Do Um, yourself a favour. Get on Google.
0: Search out the MV Augusta LXP. That's pretty much all you need to know to find it. It does look cool, but, man, if 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 they're only making 500 of them, it's going to be hard work.
1: Yeah. Um, Like I said, utterly pointless if they're only making 500. Looking at the website, it does look like they've got space reserved on the site to sort of expand it, hopefully with cheaper, more affordable bikes. But even then, like... Yeah, it's meant to be a luxury um, all-terrain bike, but it's got manually adjustable sack suspension, um, to not even Olins. Like, if you're making a, like a bike that's meant to be quite premium, you want to put premium stuff on it. Um, yeah, I don't understand Envy Augusta. I don't know how they're still making stuff. Obviously, KTM has poured a lot of money in to keep them afloat for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but good luck to them because, yeah, I think they have made an utter pointless adventure bike with the LXP currently until they changed my mind. <laughs>
0: is there anything else on that list that we need to touch on or is that pretty much everything you saw
1: of note? Ooh, CF Moto. That's something that wasn't on your list. They have a couple of what could be unicorn material for adventure bikers. Uh, so you got the 450 MT. And you've got what they're calling the MTX concept. Um, so we'll start off with the 450 MT, shall we? Um, so remember whew, a year or two back, there was a rumor that KTM was doing a 490 adventure? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they pulled the pin on that and they're like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to make a decent uh, sub 500cc adventure bike. Um, so they were building that platform with CF Moto, and CF Moto have gone, oh, well, we'll make it. So, it is looking like quite a cracking little entry level adventure bike. So, it's got a 450cc parallel twin, puts down 43.5 horsepower and 44 newton meters of torque. um, 270 degree cranks, so it'll sound good. Um, Has a 21 inch and 18 inch uh, wheel set with adjustable KYB uh, fork and uh, shock, 200 mil of travel, so decent. 230 mil of ground clearance, decent, attainable seat height of 820 mil. Um, weight dry is claimed to be 175 kilos, so depending on how big the fuel tank is, chances are it's going to be significantly lighter than the Himalayan 450 that we are talking about earlier. The Himalayan weighs dripping wet 198 kilos uh, with its full 17 litre fuel tank. Um, so the Moto's looking like a really cool option and because it's a chinese brand a lot of people are kind of hesitant to sort of dive in but i think this bike might sort of grab the right audience early and sort of sway them towards the brand i reckon and this is this is my yamaha-ness coming
0: out of me but i reckon that's going to be a uh, a poor man's t7 it's got the stacked twi- uh, stacked headlights on the front, similar to the current uh, Suzuki offerings. It's got proper rally slag instrument tower. It's got the low front fairing um, wheel hugger arrangement of the same as a T7. It's narrow. It doesn't have big fairings. I would I would at a guess say that that's. As narrow or narrower than the Mata Marini X Cape, it it yeah. does
1: look capable. Yeah, and they've obviously got quite a few accessories that they've been working on too. So there's a version there with a um, tall front mudguard, crash bars, soft luggage, uh, all the faff, really. Um, so yeah, it's looking pretty pretty stacked. Um, it'll be interesting what the price point is. Um, Moto New Zealand has confirmed they are coming here. Um, expected in the second quarter of next year with pricing um, and final specs to be confirmed closer to the release date. So early next year, we'll sort of be probably looking at the sub 500cc adventure market going, whew, that's, uh, that's where the real fight is. Absolutely. It's heading up. Yeah, they've also got a uh, MTX concept, which is based off the 790 Adventure KTM platform. Um, So basically, um, 790 engine, um, drop tanks, just like a 790, um, but kind of cooler in a lot of ways. It doesn't, personally, I think it looks a lot nicer than a 890, 790 KTM. Um, The styling looks quite muscular and not alien like the um, KTMs do. Uh, decent brakes and suspension. So you've got a eight inch TFT dash with touchscreen, which juries out on whether that will actually work because everything I've tried to use with a gloved hand has not worked. Um, uh, KYB suspension with a Ohlins rear shock uh, premium Brembo brakes instead of the J-Juan brakes that CFMoto usually uses and, um, so, yeah, that's a concept at the moment, um, but it looks pretty much production ready. And if they release that, I think they probably will piss off KTM somewhat because um, chances are it'll be priced a heck of a lot sharper than a 890 Adventure. Um, and again, yeah, it's got some cool tech in there, so uh, time will tell. For more from of all the
0: action from Ikeba and Matt's trip and everything like that, Go to pretty much any motorcycling outlet in New Zealand because, Matt, you're <laughs> sharing your stuff far and wide. But the easiest place to find it would be on throttle.co.nz or probably in one of the upcoming editions of Kiwi Rider magazine.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, uh, writing at least the next two issues will be focusing on all the stuff from Ikeman. There's not enough time or space in the magazine to cover absolutely everything. So, um, yeah, we're starting off with. Uh, The next issue of KR, uh, November edition two, and uh, yeah, check out edition one of December for the rest. And it's all free and uh, easy
0: for you to check out at kiwirider.co.nz. People are still asking me, hey, where do I get the magazine? It's not in the supermarket anymore. It's a digital offering, which means you go to the website, you read it for free. You don't have to pay for a magazine. We're not killing dinosaurs or chopping down trees. We're just burning the dinosaurs in the fuel tanks um but yeah kiwirider.co.nz or matt's website on throttle.co.nz for a sneak peek matt thank you so much for uh finding the time in your busy schedule (laughs) to have a
1: chat yeah thanks man Uh, it's been good to sort of talk to another human being again that i'm not related to um so yeah I'm going to have to come up with an idea of a ride. I need to go riding together, man. Well, you did tell me during the week, and, and, geez,
0: we've got a hell of a group chat going on at the moment. There's a lot lot going <laughs> on in there, but um, you don't want to see half of it in the public eye. But you did tell me on the group chat that um, Coro Loop is opening.
1: Yes, that's something we should probably talk about, isn't it? The uh, Coromandel Loop will officially be reopened from December 20th. Waka Kauatahi has fixed the repairs from, what was it, the big big storm and then Cyclone Gabriel basically washed away a good 200 metre chunk of State Highway 25A in the Coromandel they are nearly finished with getting that fixed and they have said it will be open on the 20th of December which is a Wednesday I believe Um, so if everything's all hunky dory with the kids and the wife I might actually bugger off there on the uh, Moto Marini X Cape and see if I can be one of the first bikes across uh, the newly reopened Uh, State Highway 25A You you heard it it here first (laughs) Subscribe to his YouTube channel and you'll see it Um, Yeah I think we're going to have to Organise something for summer eh Oh definitely Well, We've got these Moto Marinis I reckon we need another Moto Marini mission Uh, Maybe go actual camping Moto camping I tried to plant the seed of of Molesworth and Rainbow again with you But you didn't even bite Well it's because it costs a lot of money To go over the bloody ferry (laughs) That's the main one um, but, and I do have a tyre repair in the rear tyre of this Motor Marini so but if I did something that adventurous I'd probably have to slap a new rear tyre on it just to be safe no <laughs> no it's boring where's your sense of adventure <laughs> well I'd love to I really would love to take this Moto Marini down there it would be a hell of a lot more comfortable than taking Rosie the Rally uh, especially that 800 kilometre stint the long way from Cambridge to uh, Upper Hutt Um but, um, yeah, right, we'll, we'll come up with something and then uh, we'll, we'll record a podcast, shall we? Watch this space. Uh,
0: so, yeah, Matt's content on throttle.co.nz, the magazine, Kiwi Rider magazine at kiwirider.co.nz. My stuff's up at YouTube and on uh, motonz.com or just go to YouTube and search out motonz. It's all up and free for you to enjoy. That's pretty much Oh, I'd say a third of the New Zealand Motorcycling media potentially
1: <laughs> <laughs> At least half of
0: it um, Otherwise I've been Ray I've been Matt Keep the rubber side down throttle on And we'll catch you in seven days time Thanks for listening